Welcome back to Her Podcast. I'm Sandra Dosdall, and I'm so glad you're here, all of you. We can officially call ourselves a group now. We are more than two. Cheers to expansion, or perhaps we're not quite ready to call it that. We are slowly growing, however. So thank you for spreading the word, sharing the news of her and of her podcast. Hopefully one day we might even be able to call her a movement. I shall look forward to that. And I hope that you too might set your sights on her expansion. Today's topic of discussion, trampolines. And yes, I know that I projected video images on social media of girls on trampolines. From 2006, it really was just a ploy to get you to listen to the podcast. But this episode of her podcast is really not like the videos that used to play on The Man Show. First, let's address the fact that I posted as a marketing tool and that these videos were considered at the time of original production to be slightly provocative. They were used to entertain. By today's standards, however, the videos objectify women. But they were still shown on primetime television and were intended to make viewers laugh. Laugh. These same images are now considered to be offensive. Let's be clear, okay? Can we be clear? The waters get a little muddy here, so let's slow down and clarify. These images that I posted objectify women and would not be acceptable today. But compared to the images that are now readily available to us through the internet, on Instagram, TikTok, or whichever platform you choose, the trampoline artists are still quite subdued. On Instagram, for instance, you can see a variety of very sexually objectifying behaviors being promoted as body positivity images. I call it attention-seeking behaviors, but it's all about perspective. These images are much more forward than the 30-second clip that can now only be found on YouTube, which was pretty flippin' tame. And yet the video from 2006 still harnesses female energy in such a way that it stirs emotion. It offends many and it stirs in many individuals raw sexual desire. I used it as a hook to get you here. It was not intended to offend. End. Stop. My adventure with the trampoline, however, is quite, well, no, very different. Not that my experience objectifies women, nor does it stir raw sexual desire. So I guess it really is nothing like the video at all. Other than to consider the fact that we congregated as two to bounce or jump on an apparatus that I ended up having fun on after I got over my fears. So yes, yes, I was terrified at the beginning of our, our adventure. I guess that's my secret. Trampolines frightened me as a child, which is why it counts as one of my stories, one of my 50 things. I can't really say why this fear was so deeply ingrained, but it was, it so profoundly was. The art of bouncing terrified me. 
I watched the images of the girls on the video bouncing so freely, and for me, it illustrates a freedom that for me, I never had, or that I wished that I had, that I could have harnessed, I wished I could have harnessed. A freedom that comes from fun, smiling and bouncing and laughing. And I have to admit that for me, it's as foreign as as being in outer space would have been. Perhaps it came from my mother telling me to never, ever, ever set foot on one. To go near a trampoline would have been the beginning of the end of my life. I could break a leg there or a wrist. I could fall and break my neck or worse. Regardless of the possible physical outcome from the activities, my mother would see to it that I would never see the light of day. Everyone heard the same things growing up, I'm sure. I brought you into this world and I can take you out of it. Don't you dare tempt me, girl. Don't go near that damn trampoline. Do you hear me? Everybody that grew up in the 70s or even the 80s heard that, right? Some version of it anyway. My mother instilled in me a fear of having fun. Because God forbid I should have fun doing anything that bore any risk of physical injury. She was terrified as a young mother that I might do something that would result in an ailment or injury. And so she did what she believed was the best thing for me, which was to terrify me out of trying new things. And so the very idea of getting on a trampoline actually did scare me. And let's be clear that back then, trampolines were constructed very differently than they are now. And to be totally fair and brutally honest, my mother likely had cause to be frightened. Trampolines in those days had exposed springs. There was no padding protecting kids from getting themselves caught. And there was most definitely no six-foot safety net surrounding all sides of the device. Safety was definitely not something that popped into one's mind at first sighting of a trampoline in the 70s. It wasn't the first thing that you thought of. My introduction to the tramp came one Saturday morning, just after coffee, before breakfast, at the lake, when a cherished friend of the tender age of three asked me to come with her to the tramp. I planned to supervise her activity. It was a completely innocent interaction that bore no opportunity for growth or injury to myself. I would be totally fine. She asked me to come jump with her. My inside voice yelled, no, not a chance. But then I thought, geez, A three-year-old can do it. She promised to show me how. Three. Three years old. She didn't laugh at me. She didn't question why I didn't know what the fuck was going on or how I'd managed to grow my ass to be over 50 and had never been on a trampoline. She didn't ask about my athletic history or even why I was afraid. She smiled her precious smile and proceeded as though nothing was out of the ordinary, as though nothing was amuck or offside. She knew that I was inexperienced. She could tell. She saw my vulnerability and she embraced it. She welcomed it and she didn't care. It didn't faze her. She didn't judge me for what seemed to me to be a fault, a shortcoming. It mattered not to her. There was no judgment. 
which then leads me to understand that judgment is a learned characteristic. She climbed up the little ladder that was clipped onto the side of the trampoline, jumped through the opening in the safety net, and started hopping around on one foot. Her blonde locks floating, bouncing in the breeze. All the while, holding a popsicle in one hand and a Barbie doll in the other. Look, this is how you do it. See how easy it is? I had to admit, she did seem to have a fail-safe approach. She made it look easy. My hands were free. I had no popsicle, no Barbie doll. But I aimed to follow her footwork. And you know what? It worked like a charm. First on the right, then on the left, bouncing one foot at a time. It was quite simple, actually. And then she showed me a few tricks. Easy ones, of course. Nothing too fancy. We jumped high into a pike position, touching our toes in the air. We also learned, well, I learned, to allow myself to fall onto my, my bum and then bounce back onto my feet. I was actually pretty good on the tramp. Once the initial fear was replaced with an energized excitement, I was good to go. It sounds ridiculous, but bouncing was good for my soul. I felt bubbly inside, like there was champagne bouncing around. I understood afterwards why it was that the younger generations were so drawn to it, why the zest for jumping was sought after. I understood what I had missed out on. Also, I found out that bouncing is quite tiring when you're over 50. The physical demands of bouncing is exponentially more impactful on an aged individual than on a wee one of three, or even a teenager for that matter. My hamstrings were screaming at me. Stop, you crazy woman, stop! What the actual fuck are you doing? There is a freedom that can be found in allowing yourself to just bounce, in letting the baby hairs fly in the wind. When your feet hit that mat, the springs throw you back into motion immediately, continuing the fun. It becomes a perpetual motion of laughter and amusement. Once you start, it becomes a challenge to stop. You can hear people in the background calling you to come for dinner or breakfast or whatever, but it doesn't resonate. You really don't hear it. Or you choose to ignore it and you just bounce on. Getting over the fear of how I might appear to others was the first obstacle that I faced. The first thing that I had to approach. Did I look silly? Should I be embarrassed or ashamed of myself? A grown woman on a trampoline. Did I care anymore? Or had I learned from my three-year-old friend that it really didn't matter? I opted to believe that the latter was my choice. I chose to take a stance for women of all shapes and sizes that should be able to do anything they want at any time and anywhere. Today, trampolines. Tomorrow, who knows what. The world is full of opportunity and is in need of exploration. We only need to set our minds to doing it and then pass by the fear of getting started. That can apply to anything. It doesn't have to be just trampolines. It can be any area of your life that you're afraid to try. It's okay to be scared. Being scared means that you're about to do something really, really brave. Take the hand of someone that's willing to show you 
and just do it. Hold on tight and go for it. Do it for yourself and for all of the women that will follow in your footsteps. Eleanor Roosevelt encouraged us to do one thing every day that scares you. That day I chose trampolines. What will you choose today? Get over your fear. Jump on a trampoline. I did it. I jumped on a trampoline. I may not have looked like the girls from 2006, girls on trampolines, but I had fun doing it. I tried it. I had some fun. Thank you for checking into her podcast. I encourage you to download a copy of her, the second edition. It's available everywhere that books and eBooks are sold. Digital copies are just 99 cents for a limited time. So get one now. There is a method to my madness here. Let me quickly explain. I know that a lot of you already own copies of her, the original. Yes, it is the same story. There's been minor adjustments made. Not so much in the content, content of the book, just in the editing. Little issues that were missed the first time around when the book was, was released in 2017. So it's been tweaked, improved, and polished. I hope it's better. I think she's even more lovable than before. But then I created her, so I tend to be a little bit biased. Paperbacks will be released soon. I'm not certain yet when those will be ready. COVID-19 has slowed down production, but they are coming. So here's the deal. If I can get this book to hit the bestseller list before the paperbacks come out, the retails, retailers will actually help me in promoting her. Yeah, it's true. Amazon, Apple Books, and even Chapters Indigo will plug my book as a bestseller, which makes it more appealing to buyers. My ask of you is this. Download a copy, even if you already have one. It's just 99 cents. Read it again. See if you can find the edits and send me a text, an email, or a DM, and let me know. I'd love to hear from you. And post a review. All of these things help me to gain momentum. And in addition to all of that, her and her two are still being considered for a movie and or series production thanks to Tail Flick. This is my dream. I get that. It's not yours. But I would love it if you would help me to realize mine. I thank you for your time and your consistent energy and positivity. Blessed be. Thank you for supporting her. Thanks for listening. Have a fantastic day. Go out and do whatever it is you need to do.